My mother, sign up with, again, our free promo code with WCG. She had some play money. Guess what she put? $25 on a free bet. Houston Texans, not the spread, baby, the money line. And Mrs. C came home wow. victorious. She's got some money in that Attaway, account Mrs. now. Crooks did. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so good on you, Tony. I think if I can make her $1 for every curse word I've used on this show, that's enough. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. Unless you listen to Matt Dangle Antonio's Sunday bets, who did not make anyone money at all. I, I did if you bet on the uh, Saints Packers under. I did hit on that one, but uh unfortunately, and if you took my if you took my Thursday night lean, you hit. And if you Listen. bet on the under in the Pats Dolphins game, you hit. But um yeah, not so great on the ones that I gave out officially for the contest on the Listen, pod. we we as a podcast started out very well. 3 and 1 in our Thursday leans. Yeah. 3 and 1 in our Thursday leans is a hell of a start. As for the King of the Coast, where we give out 5 bets each, Three sides, a teaser, and a total. Yours truly went three and two, ended up accumulating seven points in the King of the Coast contest because I hit my best bet, my Brinks truck bet, Houston plus three. And oh, that was never even never in, in doubt. doubt. Never in doubt. I Drew, want to address that you later, also Tony. Went three and two. Drew, you also went three and two. You only accumulated six points in the King of the Coast rankings, but three and two as well for you, Dangles. One and four yeah. are that two point under you got. And then the Sunday night football game, gentlemen, we dropped the ball. Hey. We went 0 and 3 as a as a group in the Sunday night football lock. We really got to put our mind to it. Drew and I lost the uh, the under in that game. I mean, when you open up the game with a 70 yard touchdown pass, that under is going to be in trouble. Dangles, your Sony Michelle anytime touchdown. I believe I saw Sony Michelle two times uh, in the I know. entirety of that I was so disappointed. Game. I felt really good about that bet too. Like I thought we'd see him around the goal line, and you know, sometimes the the stuff just doesn't tough, just doesn't go your way. Tough to score when you don't play, Dangles. I don't think that's on it you, is. but uh, it's tough to score when you don't play. <laughs> Wise age words from our sharp. Yeah. <laughs> but let's start off this Sunday recap section. I gave you a little bit of the recap bets. We do have a guest coming on the show today, Mr. Steve Reeder, who did a hell of a lot better than we did in his Sunday. Oh, bets yeah. we have the gravestone section coming up where each of us kills a team saying they won't make a playoff in this calendar year and then we also have a new segment we're debuting called dr dangles which i'm very excited about but before we get there it's time to recap i gave you what we did in the bets but let's recap some of the sundays listen i know i got a green bay flag hanging behind me do we want to start off with the terrible 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 packers or do we want to start off somewhere better i mean all of our teams lost this weekend i can i can That's... start off for you tony i can start it off <laughs> oh good <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I, th I thought you'd be excited, Dangles. Listen, I have four teams all lost on Sunday, and I want to say two, we're not panicking, and two, we're panicking. My two teams that lost that I say, let's just relax, let's maybe bury the football, forget about it, the Buffalo Bills, and of course, Tony, your Green Bay Packers. That that performance was so inexcusable and such an outlier, especially for Aaron Rodgers coming off. He usually comes like a bat out of hell early in the season. I think he's had six straight season openers, victories. He's been at least 3-1, and one, I think, for those six seasons. So 
if you're a Packers fan, which I know you are, I know that was an alarming performance. I know that Buffalo Borak is, is, is mortified his Bills lost to the Steelers. But let's just pump the brakes a bit. I think both those teams are just fine, especially in Tony. There's nothing like chicken soup for a struggling football team than playing the Detroit Lions at home on Monday night. I think you guys will get good quick. The two teams, the two teams that I saw. Well, uh, hold on. Let, let me stop you there before you go to panic teams because I do want to add a little bit of panic to this Green Bay roster. This was the least prepared Green Bay team I've seen in Matt LaFleur's tenure. And it wasn't just badly prepared on the defensive side. We actually did pretty well against Kamara in the run until later in the game. The pass defense was horrific, still falling into the same traps that we had under Mike Pettin's offense. But the Aaron Rodgers... He was missing throws, not only throws that he hit last year, but he was missing reads. And this is the third year in an offense that he should know like the back of his hand, and he's hitting Aaron Jones late. He's hitting Devontae Adams late, uh, MVS late. Randall Cobb, thanks for playing. Thanks for coming back. Where were you in this entire game? I'm a little bit worried that Aaron Rodgers' lethargy during the offseason has crept into the real season. And if he's going to play this game like it's, "Ah, I got this, don't worry, we'll be fine. We're not going to be fine against a Detroit team that fought their asses Hell yeah. off. Hell yeah! In that San Fran game, they were down thirty-three to eleven. I forty-one to seventeen. Forty-one to seventeen. It's yeah, insane. And then they came back to make it an eight-point game and ruined a lot of people's late covers <laughs> on the I San Fran Forty ers But I, I, Detroit will not give up in this game, and Green Bay came out giving up against this Saints team. So I am worrying a little tiny bit, and as for the Buffalo Bills, yours truly told you a little bit about Josh Allen regression, and we saw that. You have to be able to run the ball in the NFL, and they did not even attempt to run the ball against the Pittsburgh defense, who is much better than everyone in the world told you except for Tony Cavallo. But Drew, now you can go to the panic mode. No, I, no you're right, Tony. Listen, and, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say I watched every snap of that Packers-Saints game, uh, but it's just one of those I've seen games. it twice, sadly. Yeah. I've seen it effing twice. I, you must not like yourself, my man. We should talk about that in Dr. Dangles later. Uh, love yourself, my man. But anyway, um, you know, again, I'm not you, – you're the Packer expert. You're the Packers fan. I just refuse to believe that they're not going to be back sooner than later. But the two teams, I absolutely say uh, Houston, we have a problem. Not the Texans, by the by the way, Tony. The Tennessee Titans and Atlanta Falcons, guys, they are, they, they are in trouble. Okay. I, I'm going to tell you right now, it does not matter – the Titans, listen, it does not matter if you have Derrick Henry when you can't block for him and you can't protect Tannehill to get out to, to A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. And on top of that, your defense is a sieve. And I know I, I hated the Cardinals. And listen, Kyler was great. Obviously, Chandler Jones, five sacks, incredible. Great game. Unbelievable. Great, great game by the Cardinals. I'm not going to put too much stock in that performance. I think that's more a sell on the Titans. And guys, what the hell happened in Atlanta? Again, Philly. Very impressive. Both sides of the ball. I think Philly quietly has one of the best offensive lines in football. And Hurts finally, like I said in my in my uh, uh, Mary Fuck Kill, I was kind of frisky with the Eagles there on the on the NFC East. I like what I saw. But, guys, the Falcons, what in God's name? And I think Tony Squares might talk about that later in Dr. Dangles. If you had a Falcons ticket, I am sorry. They are bad, and I don't see that team getting better uh, anytime soon. They looked really bad. They looked really bad. And I'll tell you who they're missing. And it's kind of funny. You mentioned the Titans. They're really missing a Julio Jones type presence in the red zone twice early in this game. When it was a competitive game, they were down in the red zone, had to settle for field goals because they had no one to throw it to. Calvin Ridley was easy to cover. Uh, after the first uh, drive, Calvin Ridley was not to be seen. And Kyle Pitts obviously just isn't ready to be there. 
the best-looking player on that offense was Cordero Patterson. And I'm saying that with honesty. I thought he looked great coming out of that running back. He was running hard and getting extra yards. But if Cordero Patterson's the best player in your offense, your offense is in trouble. What? Arthur Smith also a little bit too timid at the end of the second half there. He's backed up in his own five-yard line. He runs two draw plays in a row, ends up kicking it down to Jalen Hurts, who gets it at the 40-yard line, and Jalen Hurts scores a touchdown. Again, like this, uh, some of these coaches and some of their decisions that they're making are a little bit worrisome to start us off. I will say Nick Sirianni, an amazing decision. When you score a touchdown to go up seven, and instead of kicking an extra point to go up eight, you go for the two, go up nine, two scores to enter the second half. That's next-level thinking by a first-year head coach in his first game. Really like what I saw out of Sirianni and the Eagles. And, and, and last thing before I, I want to hear what Daniels has to say. Last thing, Russell... Russell Gage, wasn't he some popular like number two option in fantasy? Russell Gage, like what where is he? He had zero zero receptions for zero yards and two targets. I thought this guy was gonna come in as a solidified number two to to spell Ridley and Pitts. Like some, some something's going on there. I did not like what I saw at all. Yeah, meanwhile, a former wide receiver led that team in rushing Cordero Patterson, their lead exactly. rusher that day. And and then Matt Ryan uh, had a really rough game, I think, threw for less than 200 yards. Guys, the story of this game, that game, six punts by the Atlanta Falcons and two turnovers on downs, just not able to generate it. They're definitely one of the teams I might, might be hitting the panic button on. The other one, guys, has to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your first overall pick comes out and doesn't really shine the way he should and get lose, you lose to a Texans team that you should beat. Man, I don't, I don't, I don't love that at all for the Jacksonville Jaguars um, going into this year. But, but uh, guys, how about the debut of Mac Jones? Let's talk about the Patriots for a second. <laughs> this was great. I'm so happy with what I saw. He looked great and poised in the pocket. There were moments where I felt like he still looked like a rookie, uh, but he made some big boy throws yesterday. And ultimately, it wasn't really his play that that doomed us in the end. It was an inability to hold on the football with with Damian Harris coughing the ball up inside the 10 yard line on a potential game winning drive something you just you absolutely hate to see and that was the second fumble by the running core um you know mac had another fumble yeah. where he just kind of tossed the ball into the ground I'm not really sure if it was a broken play or if it was a, was a weird one. but i was happy to see so much of the offense getting involved he threw passes to eight different receivers uh the tight ends were involved as well and the deep defense played okay it's a loss i don't love but i'm i'm not unhappy to take and I'm, I, I liked what i saw out of my first year quarterback and i can't wait to watch him again next week against the hated uh new york jets can we talk? Well, uh, can we talk about that? Can we talk about that roughing the passer call very quickly? Because there was a couple of them it, in my Green Bay game too. There was a couple of roughing the passer calls that were questionable at the best. one where so, Matt got taken down at his ankles. So so listen, so listen. It, it, it's it's common knowledge in 2021 NFL. You cannot. The quarterbacks honestly should play without helmets because as soon as you touch their helmet, you're gonna get flagged. I'm fine with that. Protect the player, whatever. But that specific play, Mac, and and forgive me, Dangles. Did, what was that defender for the Dolphins? I, I I'm, his name his name's escaping me right now. But the defender is going towards Mac and he's falling down. Now he has two choices. He can grab Mac's like hips and try to bring him down, or since he's off balance, he can basically swan dive into the turf and potentially hurt himself and break his neck. What is he supposed to do? What is he supposed to do? He grabs him and kind of just like just just wills him down gently, just kind of twist him. That's a personal foul. Again, I had money on the no, Patriots. Not. I had I, I had money on the Patriots. I have Mac Jones, Roy ticket with you boys. I'm rooting for them to win. I saw that call and I'm like, if that gets called this year, again, this is always a topic with personal fouls, but like the NFL has got to make that call reviewable. It just has to be reviewable. How is that? How do you, no. how do you, how do you penalize a team 15 yards for that? That is pathetic I, and sad. 
I agree. It's tough, but I don't want any more reviews than what we've had. I actually thought there was a lot of really good non-calls and calls for most of the uh, Sunday slate that I saw, except for the Green Bay and New England roughing the passer calls. Those were horrendous. Uh, Before we move on to teams that we're excited about from week one, I want to give you one more team that needs to worry and one more team that needs to panic because I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, the Green Bay Packers are still first in the NFC North because the whole entire division lost. And the team that I think needs to worry the most is the team that lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, I watched that game again, too. And they opened up their first drive. Granted, it's Cincinnati. They're loud. Who dat? And everyone's yelling and all this stuff. Uh, Today. They had three false starts on the first drive. Proceeded to have more penalties than anybody else in the whole entire weekend. Dalvin Cook... If he didn't break as many tackles as he did, every time I saw him, he was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage and then somehow still getting yards. He didn't have a great stat line, but again, watch that game. He is a beast, and he's just running behind nothing. Kirk Cousins doesn't have any time to throw the ball, and when he does have time to throw the ball, he's checking it down to these receivers, who again, Dalvin Cook is making plays. It wasn't until the fourth quarter that he was allowed to start throwing the ball deep, and the reason why Minnesota even brought this game into overtime is another stupid decision by a young head coach out there. Cincinnati is up 21-7. to They have the ball on their own 30 with three minutes left in oh. the third quarter. Again, now Minnesota is not only trying to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, but they're trying to beat the clock. And instead of punting it away when his defense has held this Minnesota team to seven points through almost three full quarters, they decide to go for it on fourth and short from their own 30-yard line. They do not get it. Minnesota gets the ball, scores on a fourth down play of themselves because their offense, that's how bad it's been on an Adam Thielen drag route that goes 25 yards in the end zone, giving Minnesota a short field under a little clock to get a seven-point game and make it a game again. Listen, Minnesota should have lost this game by more than two scores, even with Eli Apple covering Adam Thielen on the other side. I'm pretty sure I could get a slant route off of Eli Apple right now. I know he's your friend, Drew. He sucks at playing football. The Minnesota (laughs) Vikings need to really figure their shit out because right now it's not going to work. And if they're going to lose in a game that they shouldn't have even been in in Cincinnati, the rest of this year is going to be really bad. And I don't think Mike Zimmer is the coach of this team next year. Tony, I'm a little worried for the Minnesota Vikings. That's all I got to say. I, I completely echo that sentiment, and all I could think about, real quick, let's give a shout-out to our, our our guest on our division previews. I mean, I'm just going to go down the line. Fernando Ramirez, Chargers are going to be good. Matthew Collar for the Vikings. The Vikings will not be good. Uh, Zach, yeah. Zach Ewing, watch out for the Saints. K. Deuces likes the Cardinals. I mean, let's give it up. Like, for week one, for, <laughs> for, 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 week, for week one, they did pretty good. But, guys, full, full disclosure here, we're a show of transparency. I'm in the Super Contest and Circa, Circa Millions. I went 3-2 and two in Circa. And, and Westgate, I, I was 2-2. Two and two. Ha, I had the Vikings at minus 3. And listen, a lot of guys I respected was on that side. I thought it was the right side. I thought Burrow would come out rusty. I don't think the – but more importantly, Tony, just what you said. I thought Zimmer would have that team ready to play. They clearly had no – they, they, they were not prepared. And guess what? That carried over into a shitty preseason. That's going in shape for the Sharps brain bank right there, boys. So sometimes, so sometimes the regular season doesn't fix all problems. The Vikings were an absolute dumpster fire in the preseason, and they sucked. Uh, they still almost they still should have got a backdoor push there and got me half point. They did not do that, but it was to completely the wrong side. But you'd be you'd be relieved to know, Tony, that big Vikings fan Josh Mills says it was the rest fault that they lost. Oh, of course, of course, as all Vikings fans do. I'm sure uh, what's his face will write a book about it. But 
Uh, let's move on now to the team that we're excited about, the team that we think that week one really impressed us, whether they won or lost, that you think you're riding the train on. And I just want to go first because I was right about these Pittsburgh Steelers. That defense is going to cause problems against anybody that they face, including the presumptive MVP before he's even crowned Josh Allen. And that offense can do just enough. Listen, Najee Harris did not have the rushing game that we wanted, but he was out there for almost every snap, and he he's going to be a player this year. That offensive line could not protect Big Ben, but again, that offense is designed to get the ball out early at Big Ben's hands. And when Chase Claypool, all you got to do is throw it in a catapult, Chase Claypool is going to climb a ladder and get it over a defender, some of the best defenders in the world. I love this Pittsburgh team. And this Buffalo team did not look good against that Pittsburgh defense. Pittsburgh covered them very well. I mean, I'm pretty sure someone told Cole Beasley that the vaccine was in the NFL football because he was dropping everything <laughs> out there. I really think Pittsburgh has a chance to win their division with all these injuries into Baltimore and Cleveland not looking like they should. And I've never been more right on taking the Pittsburgh over eight and a half. I love this Pittsburgh team this year. Dangles, let's go to you. What team impressed you the most? Man, well, I mean, you mentioned Cleveland. I mean, holding oh. it to within four points of the Kansas City Chiefs in week one is is pretty damn impressive. I think that team is going to be better than a lot of people think. But how about our Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night football? Absolutely sticking it to the Bears. Matthew Stafford, what a debut in Los Angeles. What a Killing debut it. with Sean McVay. It's, it's, it's just it's really amazing to see what you can do with him with a full slate of offensive weapons and not just one guy to throw it to other than a check down to the to to the running back. I mean, Matthew Stafford was still able to throw for 4,000-yard seasons in Detroit throwing to nobodies. I can't imagine what's going to happen this year when he's got, you know, he's got Cooper Cup, he's got Robert Woods, he's got Tyler Higbee, he's got Van Jefferson, he's got Josh Palmer. Uh, I'm sorry, Josh Palmer is on the on the Chargers, who we also who we also love. Um, but point being, there's a lot of guys on this offense to throw to, a lot of options for Matthew Stafford. Uh, I loved what I saw out of that offense. They appear to be the class of the NFC West right now. I'm very excited to uh, live in the same city in this team and, and ride what I hope will be a hype train that continues on throughout the season. Dangles, I personally was very surprised at my emotions and my excitement, and, and, and I shared it with my father watching Stafford play for the Rams. I just, I can't help but root for him. I was so he fired up. Happy, Dude, he, he looked, looked awesome. He, did, he with looked joy, like joy. He was you know having fun playing football for the first time in a long time. And I, he'll I, probably demure I and never, say, oh, no, I love you know, playing and blah, blah, blah. But he looks like he's actually having fun out there I now. never saw him dance like he did, and then th that touchdown to Jefferson. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. But, guys, look, the NFC West got all the pub, rightfully so. They're, they're, yeah. they're, it's best division of football. But I think, in my opinion, Dangles, couldn't agree with you more about the Browns. I feel good about my pick, my preseason pick, to, to have them in the AFC Championship. That That's a team, I'm telling you right now, they're built for January. They're only going to get better. Um, they looked pissed off that they, they they looked pissed off that they lost that game. Not that they're happy to be in it, but the two teams I want to talk about very quickly because everyone talks about NFC West, rightfully so. I think the second best division in football this year at the end of the year could possibly be the AFC West. We talk about the Chiefs, guys. I was so yep. impressed with the Chargers. We Justin Herbert, uh, as we'll hear Steve speak in a minute. I mean, my God, he, if that guy's not a top five quarterback at the end of the year, I'd be surprised. And again, I know they didn't play the best team. Uh, in the New York Giants, but I was so impressed with Teddy Theodore covers how Teddy he covers covered. <laughs> he, he did cover, but I think that team, I said I was high on that team. I bought a bunch of stock in them early. I think the Broncos are a playoff team based off, of course, week one. But I just liked, I just liked Teddy's, I just liked his demeanor. I like his leadership. He was smiling when his helmet came off. 
I, I really like that team. Maybe Fangio and Schirmer has got their head out of their ass for a little bit here, can actually coach that team up. But Broncos, Chargers, I'm buying those two teams. Drew, uh, were you one of the many Detroit Lions fans who noticed immediately that that was not Kelly Stafford they were showing on the screen when they showed a <laughs> random blonde woman? Again, my mother, again, my parents and myself and my wife watching that game on Sunday Night Football, my mom immediately goes, that's not Kelly Stafford. I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> and and she, she she called it first. And I go, I, I didn't know her well enough. I go, I think you're right, Mom. She was right. And Tony, I can't I can't get out of this segment without without giving you some love. You know, my mother, big fan of Tony Squares over there. She heard your pick and for a second, for one second, the Square graduated from Square Square School. Let's give Tony some props. His best bet, the Texans, plus three, I think was the best bet of the entire weekend. Again, hindsight, I didn't have the cojones like Tony talked about to take it. That was so easy, so easy. And my mother signed up with, again, our free promo code with WCG. She had some play money. Guess what? She put $25 on a free bet. Houston Texans, not the spread, baby, the money line. And Mrs. C came home wow. victorious. She's got some money in that Attaway, account Mrs. now. Crooks did. Yeah, yeah. So 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 good on you, Tony. I think if I can now, make her one dollar for every curse word I've used on this show, that's enough. Just about <laughs> to say, enough. is the money that she was betting that's with the, the money that we've uh, Yeah, I was just about that's to say that's the swear <laughs> jar money from the podcast. I knew it. I knew it. Going to good use, I would expect nothing less and hope for well, nothing less. Hey, I want to wrap this up, Tony. I know we've gone long, but can I just talk for give me sixty seconds on my Detroit Lions? Everyone made fun of Dan Campbell, rightfully so, okay? But what I saw in that team, if, if, if Patricia's coaching that team last year, it's 41-17, the, the game ends 60 to – somehow they would lose points, 60 to 9 or something. I don't even know. But <laughs> nice. I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that team – is, is not going to roll over. They're going to bite kneecaps. I loved what I saw. I, just the fight. It's a terrible roster. But imagine this. Imagine me watching the game with rabid Ly- Lions fans and knowing that I have a best bet. I got a good number at minus 7.5. And I yeah. in both my contests, in both my contests, San Francisco minus seven and a half. God, that is uncomfortable. I did not like that at all. Of course, I just had to sit there quietly and kind of root. But man, if they would have backdoored me on that pick, just like you, Dangles, or just like you said last week, Dangles, I would have never, ever bet against him ever again saying that <laughs> I, I love the Packers to blow them out this week. I'm afraid I am afraid that many of the game scripts for this season are going to be much like what we saw yesterday where team a gets out early and the Lions end up clawing back in in the final quarters whatever that's worth from a betting perspective but um but unfortunately yeah as all as I'll allude to later on in the show I'm not very hot on the Lions uh prognosis for later this year uh, a couple of years ago they were the cardiac cats I think they're the backdoor cover cats this year and it's going to be a terrible team to bet against but as you said, Drew, I'm very thankful that I helped your mom out and our listeners out and myself out giving out Houston plus three as my Brinks truck bet. But if you listen to that Thursday show, at the very beginning, I said with my first side, I wanted to take Cincinnati plus three and a half, but I didn't have the balls to do so. Sometimes you got to learn to play with your gut because instead I took the Atlanta Falcons minus three and it gave me a case of something, folks gave me a case of something that I need to visit a specialist for. So after this sponsorship, we're going to have a new segment to this show, the first ever segment of Dr. Dangles. But first, a word from our sponsor. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers.
Listeners, as you know, the NFL is back, and we are excited at the West Coast Gamblers to debut our first sponsorship for the NFL season. They're the official sports betting partner of the NFL, now the official sports betting partner of the West Coast Gamblers. That's right, it's DraftKings Sportsbook. All the bets we give out this show and in future shows are going to be coming from DraftKings because they're the best place to go and do it. And DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly. How? Listen up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code WCG, that's West Coast Gamblers Initials, WCG, to receive $200 in free bets when you place $1 bet in any football game. Doesn't make any sense. And then you get a free shot and a million dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code WCG this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Again, guys, this is the only gambling show that makes you money, and this is how we're doing it right now. It must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. It's a minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, and restrictions do apply. So see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Again, WCG is the promo code. Go make yourself some money on us. West Coast Gamblers. Tony Squares, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston. I want to thank you both for making yourselves available today and, and coming to join me and, and be together here for uh, a session that I hope will prove helpful, uh, not just to the two of you, but but to me uh, as well. Uh, I am, of course, Dr. Matthew Dangles D'Angelo Antonio, not a real doctor, by the way. This is a spoof. Please don't, please don't cancel us. Um, and we're here to talk about, guys, something that we all experience in the gambling world from time to time. And, and the two of you, mentioned to me that um you know there are some issues that you want to work out so i thought i'd invite you into this safe space to talk about some of these problems to to work through some of the issues and and hopefully talk out some of your feelings on why you made the bets that you did and why you did things that in your heart you probably knew were the wrong thing and did them anyway now of course we have a limited amount of time my time is valuable your time is valuable i don't do this for free uh so just keep that in mind as we're discussing this uh but i'm gonna go ahead and start our time uh, right now, um, and I guess uh, Tony Squares, I'll, I'll start off with you because you've you've mm. shared with me a specific ailment um, mm. um, that you have, um, and this in this sort of uh, couple marriage that we have going on, something that's affecting yeah. both of you. Do you want to yeah. uh, tell me a little bit about that? Well, um, it's a little personal, um, but I mean, you are a doctor, so I wanted to get this out of the way and just be open with you and upfront. Um, but I, I do suffer from something that affects me only really on Sundays, occasionally a Thursday or a Monday. And it, it just leaves me, you know, like, I don't know, I, I get really anxious during it. And then I'm eventually severely depressed afterwards. And it's really affecting the relationship between myself and the sharp. Um, and as far as I can tell, it's a severe case of Atlantitis. It's not the first time, uh, Tony. It's not the first time. You've done this no, before. No, it's really not. And I keep going back to the well. Um, I, I know it's wrong for me, but I, it's just the red and the black, and they look so cool. And this year, they, they had a new head coach. Arthur Smith was supposed to be the guy that changed it. Dan Quinn was no longer there, and we thought Dan Quinn was the cause of this Atlantitis. But I, I, I don't know what it is. It's just really ruining my Sundays and ruining our relationship with the Sharp. And, Tony, how does that make you feel? I can tell you how it makes me feel, Dangles. It, it, how do, okay, well, Shafer the Sharp, how does it make you feel? Sorry, Dr. Dangles. Dr. Dangles. It uh, makes yes, me, doctor. It, 
it makes me feel sad because I hate seeing someone I love put himself in harm's way over and over and over again. He just can't, he can't quit Matt Ryan. He always thinks, oh, this could be the year where the offense explodes and their defense will be better than expectations. But guess what? It never fucking is. Since they blew that 20- They drafted a tight end in the fourth overall pick. What could go Should've wrong? Should have been amazing. Kyle Pitts, yeah. He's got a six pack, but guess what? All the Falcons do is make you drink six packs on Sundays all the time and not in a good way. Now, at Schaefer the Sharp, uh, over the course of this weekend, I, I also understand you, you've started to feel some symptoms of something. You want to yeah. maybe share a little bit more information about what that is um, so I can I hopefully walk through maybe how we can help you. Yeah. Thank you. Doctor, I, I have a hard time scoring, por- scoring points in the fourth quarter when I take an over. Um, I don't know what it is, if it's just task management or I, I'm just afraid of completing something, but like... I took the over in the Cardinals-Titans game at 51 and a half, 52 and a half, I'm sorry. And, well, they scored 51 points in the first three quarters, and the pace of play was back and forth. And then, I'm sorry to be laughing. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be I, laughing. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This you think a, it's funny, This is a safe Tony? space. This is a safe space, okay. gentlemen. This is a safe space. Okay, but, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but I can't score points in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure if it's a commitment issue. I'm not sure if, it's, if I'm just afraid. It, it makes me angry, but I know an anger is just really just a reflection of my own pain. They scored 51 points in three quarters, doctor, and, and they can't score one point, or, or sorry, two points. And, and Tony's even telling me that I was betting on a kicker, Matt Prater, who missed a 34, 34-yard field goal that would have put me over the over. Well, he, he, hates, he hates missing field goals about as much as he likes drinking Mai Tais in Hawaii in the offseason. And it just, you know, I'm constantly getting in harm's way here with these overs. Like, why can't I score one point in the fourth quarter? Not one. Do- Doctor, if there's anything you can do to help him finish in this scenario, it would help out both of us. So I think I think maybe the advice uh, uh, that I would give you is 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 go with sure things in week one, as close to sure things as as you can find. We are yes a, a, a betting podcast, but. At the same time, we have to be thoughtful of, of the fact that we don't have a lot of information to go off of in week one. And so going after reaches, going after things that are questionable, teams we don't know about, teams that we're not sure if they can cover spreads in the fourth quarter, maybe that's more self-destructive than, than we'd allow ourselves to believe in the moment of, of, of making the bet. But going after the Atlanta Falcons just felt so good. And, 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 and who doesn't like a Kyler Murray over? It's Kyler Murray and the Titans defense. How can that not go over? They scored 51 points in three quarters, Doctor. I just don't think so, something's going on. Something's going on. I, I, I just think I'm afraid well, of completing a task. I'm afraid. I think, I think one thing I would definitely recommend is that, uh, A, you don't blame yourselves, and B, that you don't blame each other. Now, I, I'm hopeful that you boys can go away from this, um, using this knowledge to better your football marriage to better your betting marriage and, and to better yourselves as individual betters i feel better thank you doctor i'm glad i'm glad and that is all the time we have today unfortunately up next our guest steve reader from the betting predators dub c to the g west coast gamblers I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe. 
and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. All right, boys, as we told you, we had the betting predators guest today, another betting predators legend coming to the table. The reason why this man is here is because he is killing it in week one, making more money than the rest of this show combined. And we need to sort of cut dangles off the end of the caboose there and bring some winners back onto this show. So please welcome, even though he is a Giants fan, he knows how to bet football, Mr. Steve Reeder himself. You can find him on Twitter at AvoidTheVig. He has AvoidTheVig.com as well. You can buy his NFL package on the betting predators to get his weekly picks this man is a killer in week one he went 15 and three total with the bets he gave out and we're just trying to glean some of those victories back onto this show by having him on today so welcome to the pod for the first time ever mr steve reader welcome sir thank you guys i appreciate you inviting me onto the pod here uh I, the really really uh long and short of it is you just bet against the giants and then you're perfect <laughs> That's the end of the, the discussion. We're done. Not too shabby. I teased right? them up to a nine and a half point spread, and I still got screwed this weekend. So I think yeah. that's my last bet on the Giants this year. It should be. You should be fading the entire time. Well, I, I mean, the Giants were one of the only underdogs that didn't cover this weekend. In fact, the underdogs had a killing, including uh, my Green Bay Packers not really living up to the favorite that they had, and the Saints came out with Jameis. But I mean... Steve, is that is that something that happens usually during week one of the NFL season? Did Vegas get this week wrong? Can we use this information as we look towards the future? Because there are some big dogs coming up in the week two slate. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the plays that happened this weekend that you saw the dogs winning, the, the money was actually against it. The lines had actually moved against the dogs. So I think that this is more of an abnormality uh, to have something this extensive. Uh, for the most part, you know, the Sharps are betting it all summer long. Yeah. So. You know, so even if they're attacking the favorites or something like that, they're doing it early. Um, and, and, you know, the public's not coming in on the dogs. So I think what happened today is not something that is normal. Uh, it, it Obviously, as you know, there's vacillation all over this uh, industry. So I wouldn't be shocked if it kind of normalized next week. I wouldn't look at this and go, we have to bet the underdogs next week. That's not kind of um, how we do things here. Steve, yeah. I feel you speak. No, no, uh, but hold on, Drew, because speaking of normalized, my man, you went 15 and three. In week one, are you worried about uh, getting normalized here? You think this hot streak is continuing? Is there a system? Like, what are you working off of here? So, uh, basically, we got in early. Uh, Ultimately, um, you know, the closing of line value was great. Um, And as the week has progressed closer to game time, we switched over to the derivative market. And then once it got to the weekends, we moved right into player props. Um, You know, the live player prop is great. We have a Discord channel that we just message our folks and we talk throughout the game. If I'm playing something, I immediately give it out to everybody else, the community. Um, we did, we did very well. And certainly I would love to tell you it's hundred percent going to be week two, but we're, we're shooting for 55% all day, yeah. uh, every day. That's what we're looking for. That's how you make money. Absolutely. No, Steve, I wanted to say about the underdogs, you know, I often think my week one picks are probably the most square. They're going to be all season because we're kind of basing the week one lines off preseason expectations, projections. And it's so easy for me as someone who's been doing this a long time to be like, why would I bet the Vikings? Why would I, why would I bet Kirk Cousins? Or on the contrary, how do you not take Mike Tomlin as an underdog there or the Eagles absolutely blowing out the Falcons? So you kind of answer your own question when you say, you know, this obviously stuff will, there, there will be some regression in the mean week two, but is there, is there any, any specific spots specific to week two where you see these opening lines that you think we can get some exposure early here? Yeah. So we um, actually, first off, we hit the look ahead lines. So from uh, last week we hit it up, we uh, gave out uh, KC minus one, 
Uh, obviously that has moved to three, I, yep. at three, I'm not touching it. I'd rather wait and see what we have with Baltimore tonight. Yep. Uh, we gave out Denver minus two and a half before the game. Uh, obviously Jacksonville showed their true colors. They have not gotten uh, that boot that a lot of people have expected. So that line being up to almost six and a half here, uh, we feel great about those two. Uh, also gave out new England minus three and a half at post. As soon as those opening lines came out. And I think if you do your homework early, that's where you're going to get the great value. And as the week progresses, you're losing that opportunity uh, to bet. Uh, also gave out New England uh, and New York Jets under 43 and a half. It's now 42 and a half. Um, but things that are still active, I- I'm on Miami three and a half and Philadelphia three and a half. You're getting the hook in both uh, positions in that respect. Steve, do you think this is a dying as far as handicapping? Do you think this is 2021? Yeah. Is this officially the, the year of the of, of the the death of the dominant quote-unquote first-round fantasy running back. I'm looking at these stats. Najee Harris, 16 for 45. Dalvin Cook, 20 for 61. D. Henry, 17 for 58. Aaron Jones, 5 for 9. Saquon Barkley, yeah. 10 for have 20. We, have we checked on Chris uh, Dell yet? Yeah. He might be dead in the yeah. ground somewhere. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 10 for 26. But but all of these have a correlation, right? All of, all of these running backs played behind inferior defensive lines versus great defensive lines and the game script completely did not allow them to rush the ball. Is that going to your handicapping at all? Like these big name running backs, they don't even seem that valuable anymore unless a team can get out to the lead with a good offensive line. Do you, do you, do you, do you bake that into your, any of your handicaps? Yeah, for sure. I mean, offensive line is one of the, I think most underutilized, uh, especially when it comes to the public, you don't know the offensive linemen's names. You don't know yeah. what they look like. You wouldn't recognize them if you walked past them in the store. So I think that's really what it is. I mean, look at the giants, their offensive line's a mess. Is Daniel Jones good? Probably not, but I don't think we'll ever truly know how good he could have been behind that offensive line. Uh, so when we talk about uh, the different players that you mentioned, Saquon Barkley is still coming back from injury. They're going slow. I, I have, concerns about Saquon moving forward. We haven't seen his skill set off the charts that we saw in you know, the first couple of years of his career because of these injuries. Um, but, you know, Derek Henry, how many times can he get 300 carries in a year? And we expect him to do the same thing. Yeah. With, with that being said, I don't think we're overreacting to this. So even as a fantasy owner, a player prop player, um, ultimately I, I think that we calm down, we move on to next week and, you know, Aaron Jones is going to be just fine. He's going to have a great week this upcoming week. I, I can't yeah. imagine anything differently. He will. You know, and Chris, Chris Dell will be all on top of that. I can promise you that as well. Yeah. Steve, uh, I had a rough week this past week, and I think I went one and four. I had I went one and four on the official bets that I gave out on our podcast. I had a couple others that I hit that were sort of leans and and, and asides that we did. Uh, but I need to make a comeback this week. And and going into week two, I feel like in a way you almost know just as little, despite the fact that we have a game of record, you almost know just as little about these teams as you did in week one because you know some of them. Do we know if they're going to be able to sustain this? Others. You know, maybe this was just a one-off. So as I'm going into week two, what am I? What should I sort of be looking for? What kinds of trends? What, what, how can I? How can I get back on top here? And what should I be looking for, sort of, as these week two numbers uh, uh, come out? And and how do you sort of make sense? And what do you factor in when you're dealing with the second week after we've just seen one game? And while we've seen some, we we don't really know what's going to stick and what's going to change. I think the first thing is I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth here is that you can't underreact, you can't overreact mm-hmm. with this. I mean, you spend the entire off season and you you just study it and and you have your notes and you have your power ratings and you're ready to, uh, to handicap these games. And then you come out of that and you have 60 minutes of football and people are taking either too big of a reaction to that and moving their power ratings based on that or not enough. Mm-hmm. And trying to find that balance is very, very difficult. It's probably the most difficult thing going into week two for me. Um, 
ultimately I, I try to look at those teams. Like I mentioned with the offensive line, I, I just feel like it's not there. Um, I know the public is going to be on teams like uh, the, the Vikings that are supposed to be really good, but had a really down week uh, green Bay. Although I think green Bay should bounce back. They're not going to be yeah. nearly as bad as they just were. Yeah. Um, and, and the saints are nearly as good as they, they showed uh, against green Bay. Uh, so I think those type of things and not overreacting to that and, and holding true to your handicap that you had in the summer, making small adjustments here and there, um, I, I think is prudent to do for week two. I want to talk about your power rankings real quick, because what team, what teams for better or for worse made the biggest jumps in your power rankings? Like, like I said, without overreacting or underreacting in week one, what teams are you kind of uh, buying on here early in the season and fading early in the season, just based on week one project or, or week one result. Yeah. So I'm looking right now at my power ratings. Um, as far as I, I went down for Washington, I didn't think they looked as good um, as I expected them to. And this has nothing even to do with fits. I mean, uh, defensively, I thought they held their own, but I don't think that they were as dominant as I thought they were going to be. Uh, I think the third down conversion rate, they did pretty well. Um, I, I'm sorry that, that the Chargers did pretty well in that respect. And that's something that from a good defense, you don't expect to see. Um, and I, I've heard that there's not as big of a difference between Heineke and Fitz. I completely disagree with that. So I think that there is a big downgrade for me in that respect, um, even more so than we're seeing in the marketplace. No, I was going to bring that up because Fitz, he went down with the injury. He's going to be out six to eight weeks with the hip displacement. But there was a handful of big names going down and also some big names that aren't exactly fantasy guys. A lot of offensive linemen like Jedrick Willis going down. Are there any injuries that stick out? Oh, yeah. But are there any injuries that stick out to you that say, all right, I got to change my power rating just because that one guy went down? It changes the whole team. Or is uh, some of them are being a little bit blown out of proportion like a Jerry Judy. They might be able to replace that with a KJ Hamler and be fine. I, I think that's a good point with Jerry Judy. I mean, he's fantastic and stuff, but they do have other weapons there that can certainly take over. There will certainly be, you know, a half a point downgrade for me because of that injury, but nothing, even that might be an overreaction. I, I think uh, Matt said about the the Mackay Becton one is a good one. Here you have a rookie quarterback that, you know, needs an offensive line. Uh, and when you don't have one, David Carr, you're out of the league in a couple of years, no matter how much talent you have. Makai um, Becton has been a great uh, left tackle for them, and now he's not there anymore. So I think that that could be something that we see and it could be a, of a little bit of a concern moving forward, especially this upcoming week right now when they try to make those adjustments. Steve, you talked about Washington, and it's so funny because – you know, everyone and their mother, including myself, was on Washington getting that early line. You saw all the money move where they opened at, you know, plus one, closed at minus two and a half. And you just had a sense. You just had a sense it was fishy. And is, is, again, hindsight, anyone can play Monday morning quarterback and hindsight's always twenty twenty. But it's incredible. Those the, the Washington football team defensive statistics what they did last year against the quality of quarterbacks they were facing. I forget what article I read, but the laundry list of quarterbacks they faced last year was embarrassing. Then you get a guy like Justin Herbert, and that's what that's what my, my specific question is. We had a beat writer for the Chargers, uh, Fernando, who was incredible and said, listen, I'm not being a homer here, but Herbert is the truth. Where do you have Justin Herbert overall in your quarterbacks? I mean, that guy looked insane on Sunday, and he looks like he's not having any sophomore slump. And I'm ready Which to move shouldn't him be up. a surprise to anyone. Like no, after but, we saw but, what happened again, last, I, it is I, and it isn't. I see what you're saying, Drew, and you're absolutely right. Like it is a surprise, and at the same time, it's it shouldn't surprise anybody who watched him last year. There should be some regression, just like we saw Josh Allen have a bad game week one. I'm I I, mm-hmm. I guess I meant more for week one, but yeah. and wanna, I'm not writing him off because of that. Yeah, of yeah. course. I want I want I want to ask Steve, as far as quarterbacks go, where do you have Herbert right now? Because I was he was the most impressive quarterback to me all of Sunday. Yeah, I I think overall you can't go less than a uh, top seven. 
Um, you could be talked up to top five here. I, you know, right now I mentioned previously about the third down conversion rate. They were 14 and 19 against a good defense. I mean, that's just incredible. Nice. So if you talk about a, I mean, that's like surgical Tom Brady kind of efficiency right there. So uh, I don't think as a, a charger fan, they can't be more excited about this guy. I, I think the sky's the limit for him. And that's not really something that they talked about coming out of the draft itself. I mean, certainly his name was mentioned, but not, not, not to this extent. And he's overperformed in every kind of uh, expectation. I He'd think. got first overall, if we knew what we, if we knew now, yeah, what, absolutely. what we, or if we knew then what we know now. He was awesome. And I will say uh, uh, when it came to regression and would Herbert be the same that he was last year, he is learning a new offense. He had Joe Lombardi come over and taught a whole new offense. And you could kind of see it in that first half where some throws were a little bit late because as you said, his third down ratings were great, but he was actually nine of nine in third downs in the second half. So it only got better. I think we're just seeing the beginning of Justin Herbert and those L.A. Chargers. And I will say, all these matchups that Dangle said, and we'll sort of end on this, Dangle said, like, we know a little bit about these teams. We don't know everything. These matchups matter. This Washington football team defense could be good as advertised, but they just went up against an extremely good offense that we need to see more matchups as they come. As you look at these matchups for week two, I know you gave out Philly plus three and a half. You like numbers like that. Are there any matchups that you see that you can prognosticate that say, you know what? We're going to know a lot more about these two teams after they play each other here. Because there's a lot of question marks that I have. And are there any matchups you're pinpointing that you might just want to pop popcorn for and see what happens? I think uh, the Packers, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you got to be very uh, eager to see that they can do something better than what we're seeing right now. I'm fucking right? terrified, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not for nothing. The Saints, are, they can't possibly be that good. The Packers can't be that bad. Uh, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Is he looking uh, past the future that he just wants to get out of there? Uh, but he, I think he's too much of a competitor to do yeah. that. So if they if they cannot take care of business in Detroit in that game, and it's not, I, know, I don't expect it to be a fun game to watch because, you know, no. I, I hope you're happy to hear this. I hope it should be a blowout. Yeah. Uh, but in Lambeau against Detroit, that is a, a game that has to be a double-digit victory right there. And if it's not, then you really are going to get nervous as the year progresses. Well, Vegas Steve, still seems to be pretty confident in the uh, Packers. They're 10.5-point favorites as of this uh, recording time right now. So uh, even after that loss, which was uh, which was brutal, it seems that Vegas still thinks they can win. <laughs> well, listen, and Steve, I, as a Lions fan, I'm talking to you from Michigan, um, I think Jeff Okuda might have been the worst uh, th th third overall pick in the history of picks. However, he's still oh, an he able-bodied out on the bench. Yeah. Yesterday. Oh yeah. He's, but he's still an able-bodied man. He still was going to go up against probably, you know, the top two uh, Devante and he's, he's out for the year ruptured Achilles. It's just, I mean, yep. Rogers should have at his disposable at his disposal, anything and everything he wants. So I'm with you there. It's going to be hard again, call me a square, but it's going to be hard not to lay the wood against my, uh, Motor City Kitties because they should in theory be able to name that score but as you said we're going to find out a lot more about them Monday night for sure and that's not something that as far as double digits I try to stay away from for the most sure. part uh, but certainly the player prop market I'm looking at the overs for Green Bay there and Aaron Jones again if they get that lead just pounding the rock and just letting him run all day long it's going to be tough to stop and Devontae Adams as you mentioned who, who's going to cover him no, I, I mean he should be feasting all day long it looked like I could cover him yesterday I, yeah, <laughs> I'm true. just saying. This who's team your not... <laughs> Drew, who's your CB1 now? 
Uh, I don't uh, even know his name. Amani Amani Okurara. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Third rounder yeah, from Eli Penn State Apple. two years ago. Still, still available. Still, yeah. Trade for Eli Apple. It won't take much. <laughs> but hey, Mr. Reader, thank you so much for showing up today. Yeah, gleaned a little bit of knowledge on us. Help us out. Help Dangles out mostly. No offense, Dangles. But no, we're excited to have you. We're excited to talk to you in the future and excited to make some money on the NFL because that is what we do here. We are the West Coast Gamblers. But thank you, my friend, for coming on. It was a blast. Absolutely, guys. Pleasure uh, being on, and uh, best of luck this week. West, 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 West Coast Gamblers. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. All right, boys, it's the first week of the season. We've had games play, and that means it is time to play everyone's favorite game, my favorite game, a game we played for five years on this show. It's time to play Gravestones. The Gravestones game means every host here is going to pick one team and one team only to put into the ground and say they will not make the playoffs for this 2021 season. At the end of the year, each of us should have 14 teams left, alive, living in this world, and they should be the 14 playoff teams remaining. Now, there's a chance the team we kill today has a emerging run at the end of the season and makes us look like fools. That's not going to happen, at least to my team. Now, we do this in a certain order because I won King of the Coast, as you heard earlier. I'm going to go first. Drew's going to go second. Dangles is going to go third. And that is important because if a host kills a team, the other host cannot kill that team that week. Now, it's a very exciting time because it's already proven some of these teams are absolute dog shit. Sorry, Mrs. Crookston. But without any further ado, let us end our first Tuesday recap show with the first 2021 edition of Gravestones. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today to say goodbye to one, two, and three NFL franchises. The first of which was a sad one to go, for it is one of the nation's most popular franchises. And while... One of the good friends of this show, Alexander Joshua Alche, welcomes new life unto this earth. It is time to put one of his favorite teams, if not his favorite team in the whole entire world, into the cold, dead ground. Yikes. For Danny Turnovers, Danny Dimes is not the QB prince that was promised. David Gettleman cannot build a team, and Joe Judge certainly cannot coach one. Saquon Barkley looks as mobile as Matt Barkley out there, and this team just does not have what it takes to make the playoffs this year. So, for my first kill of the Gravestones year, I'm killing the New York football Giants. May they rest in peace. Godspeed. Boys, in honor of week one, if it pleases the people and my co-host, I'd like to perform some slam poetry in a hushed tone. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to keep a straight face here, man. It's a somber. I'd like to perform some slam poetry in a hushed tone from an old foe. 
And that performance will start in three, two, one. Duval, oh look, it's an Urban Meyer trust fall. I see Urban on the sideline, weathered and rigid, trying not to think about his shitty defense, which on Sunday was downright frigid. He closes his eyes, leans back, and falls to the ground, trusting that his past accomplishments will catch him or his experience in Gainesville or Columbus, where he once was crowned. Boom, his head hits the pavement, blood and brains everywhere. This is the NFL urban liar, where your egotistical dictatorship style and your bullying behavior gets you no hardware. I know it's only week one, but the Sharp is putting all his eggs in this basket. The Jaguars are dead. Close the fucking casket. Well, boys, I'm very glad to hear that uh, Drew's hatred of Urban Meyer has extended into the Gravestone segment because I wasn't sure really what I was going to do being the third uh, person here on Gravestones after a horrendous weekend of bets. However... Thankfully, because Drew hates Urban Meyer so much, he's so much. left me wide open to put his God Detroit Lions in the ground as my first gravestone oh, of the week. <clears throat> yes, they did climb back into a game in which they were, from the start, very much outmatched. And yes, Jared Goff did throw for... I'm so sorry. I don't know why that's happening. <laughs> well, this is the joy of live stuff. Clearly. Clearly, clearly very wasn't a, a closed church. Clearly was not a closed clearly church. Clearly an we open have, church. We have the <laughs> wedding is coming later. We have one more team to kill. They're trying proceed, to rush us out of here. Proceed with your the, destruction of the Michigan men. The Detroit mm. Lions uh, may have showed some fight yesterday, but for the Motor City Kitties, year one is just not going to be that year for Dan Campbell. I am killing the Detroit Lions this week as my first gravestone team. And that has been week one of Gravestones. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. And that is it for a very chock full of fun week one recap podcast. I'm very excited for the future, excited to come back on Thursday with some winners. Again, yours truly is already leading the king of the coast. I'm excited to continue that process. This show is 3-1 and one in Thursday Lean, so be sure to listen to this show right when it comes out on Thursday if you want to get a bet out for Thursday Night Football because we know what we're talking about. And the game this week is the football team and the Giants. You're going to want to listen to us to make that game interesting. But for Tony Cavallo, for Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, for Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, big thanks to our guest Steve Reeder of the Betting Predators and at avoid the vague on Twitter. We are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. Before we go, boys, you got anything to say to the betting public out there? Grab those lines early. If there's one thing I gleaned from Steve, it's these look ahead lines are important. Grab them early. I might post some early uh, line movement on my Twitter and uh, make some bets early here, boys. Well, that's a tease. That's what we call a tease. Dangles, you got anything? Dr. Dangles, regular Dangles? Stay away from the Jaguars. Don't bet on the Jaguars. Fair enough. And on that, thank you for listening. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... 
The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.